Welcome to the Dharma of the Force, a podcast about the spiritual and philosophical side of Star Wars. If that puts you off, it's just words. And if you think that's all a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, even better. We cannot widen our horizon and grow by never challenging what we believe, and we should always be suspicious of those who tell us what to believe. In some Buddhist traditions, listening to Dharma talks is a spiritual practice. It's not meant to give answers per se. It's an exercise in looking at questions and elaborating on them and finding the truth within yourself. So in that spirit, let us look at today's topic. Your focus determines your reality. It has to be one of my favorite Star Wars quotes. Even though I'm an OT guy who was initially very disappointed when I first saw The Phantom Menace. I wasn't in the right age group and I was missing my stormtroopers and it took me a while to get it. Now I think it's genius to visualize the decline from the colorful splendor to the monochrome sterile fascism. Or when we see Coruscant at dusk for the first time to frame Anakin's fall to the dark side. Masterfully done. Amazing. But now, back to the topic. It has often been argued that Qui-Gon Jinn was one of the few Jedi who got it and rebelled somewhat openly against the institutionalized dogma of the Order. Yet he remained in the Order. Also see episode 1 about the balance of the Force. As opposed to Count Dooku, whose apparent arrogance and pride led him towards the dark side. Qui-Gon also told Obi-Wan to be mindful of the living force, to be in the moment, so to speak. We often have these internal dialogues and ideas trying to anticipate what's going to happen. I'm sure he will say this and then I'm gonna reply that, only to find out reality doesn't quite play out that way. So what are these thoughts, concerns, worries even, other than useless barriers we throw in front of ourselves, preventing us to approach situations freely and in an unbiased way? What good is a sleepless night because the meeting the next day might go bad? It sure will. It sure will if you're tired and worried. I once listened to a Dharma talk by an American teacher who spoke about him attending a silent meditation retreat when he was younger. There he saw a woman he quite fancied. So when his mind began to drift, as it often does, he started to create these scenarios. I'm gonna talk to her and we will hit it off and then we'll go to other retreats together and we will get married and we're gonna have babies and we'll live happily ever after. And then at the end of the retreat, there was a Q&A for all the participants and she asked the question. And when he heard her speak for the first time, he realized that she spoke with a French accent, which had not occurred to him and wasn't part of his fantasy. So this person he had built up in his mind vanished and his fantasy collapsed like a house of cards. As nice as it might be to daydream once in a while, what is there to gain, especially when it's negative? I once heard something, I think it's supposed to be an Indian saying, I couldn't find it anywhere so I cannot verify it, so let's just say I made it up in my head. Uh, I hope I did because it's good. Something like, worries are an insult to the future, 
or worries violate the future. Because there's nothing to gain, there is no future, there's only a now. All his life as he looked away to the future, to the horizon, never his mind on where he was. We can deal with things in the moment. We can and should prepare and think of the consequences, but we should not cling to a hypothetical scenario that might never occur. Otherwise, it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy if you go through life thinking, ah, that's not gonna work. Chances are, it won't. Your focus determines your reality. Jesus said, search and you will find. Yeah, I'm once again quoting Jesus here, even though I'm not a Christian, because he was a very important figure in the Judeo-Christian tradition, and in case you didn't know, also Islam. It is a well-known fact that everyone has a perceptional bias. Some report suddenly seeing other pregnant people everywhere once they find out they're pregnant, or you don't notice a certain car type until you buy the exact same one and suddenly you notice them everywhere. Or on the downside, if you think that there are too many so-and-so in your neighborhood now because someone may have told you or made it a political tool to gain power, you will find your concerns met. Convenient, huh? If you feel that people of a certain group are no good and there is one in 10,000 that fits the bill for whatever reason, then it will satisfy your prejudice. If at the same time 10 in 10,000 in a group you like are no good, your focus will be on their redeeming qualities to once again justify your predetermined conception. Humans have no inherent sense for statistics. That's a scientifically proven fact. If you're late and the bus takes 10 minutes to arrive, it will feel like 30 minutes. If you're having fun and you don't want to go, it will feel like 30 seconds. Don't trust your own observational bias. Your focus determines your reality. Don't say you don't have it. Everyone has it. You just let the dark side cloud your mind out of fear. You won't like what you find inside the cave. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. The moment Kylo Ren finally faced his fear after shutting it away, was the moment Ben Solo returned. Fear of becoming like your father, like Luke. Fear of being alone, just you, no parents who will come to pick you up and save you, like Ray. If you have high expectations because a movie has been hyped as a satisfying conclusion to the saga and you read a lot of quotes about how great it is, how can the reality ever hold up with the fantasy you've made up in your mind? How can anyone ever project your cloud castle onto the screen. At the end of the day, it's the same as family fights over Christmas because someone ruined everything by saying or doing something that didn't quite fit grandma's mental script for the day. Or, you know, something like that. Or let's talk about impatience. What is there to gain from nervously tapping your foot while standing in line? It's not gonna move faster by you letting out a loud and disapproving sigh. You're just doing that to yourself. You are embracing negativity. Worst case, you're infecting others needlessly by honking in a traffic jam and spurting nervous rage. 
Yeah, I know, a problem shared is a problem halved. But in this case, it's a problem shared is a problem doubled. Twice the pride, double the fall. Time would pass more quickly and comfortably if you would just relax. I'm very impatient. I've tried it. It works. And when it doesn't, I have to remind myself and refocus. There are more sides to this, of course. Let's talk about pain and different kinds of pain. If you want to get a tattoo, chances are the needles will hurt less than they would if you'd be attacked by someone out of the blue who starts poking your skin for whatever reason. Or at the gym. If you want that pain and associate with improvement, hashtag gains, you will embrace it. You can also train yourself to perceive pain differently as it's done by special ops and others. You can tell your brain that pain is just an information to highlight that there is something going on that needs your attention, like an alarm. And it's possible to shut that away or at least dull it down. The same goes for emotional pain. I was recently in a situation where I was indirectly supporting a woman who was victim to the most heinous and cruel act you can force upon someone. And we had this chat about how you can never know how someone is affected by trauma. Some seem to brush it off easily and for some their entire life is destroyed. And it's very dangerous to color everyone with the same brush and set some sort of benchmark or average how someone should process the experience. In a situation like this, mindfulness is paramount. You can offer support and you can assist in shifting the focus and healing, but you cannot force it upon someone. Healing has to come from the inside. You cannot rush it. It is important to realize that it's okay not to be okay. But it's also important to remind ourselves that, like the future, the past does not exist anymore. And we should not let the past drag us down and be imprisoned by it. That way we can finally create a better now that frees us. On a side note. From the side of the aggressor, it's all about power. It's pure dark side. Fulfilling one's own urge with no regard for other people's feelings. This sort of destructive energy and the need to satisfy one's insecurity is despicable weakness. There's nothing cool in that. And I'd like to quote the Scottish comedian Frankie Boyle. I do think we need to speak about the language around rape as well. Rapists get called predators. I think they probably liked it. You're not a predator, mate. You're a fucking scavenger. The majestic lion of the Serengeti doesn't have to drug the watering hole and pretend to be a fucking minicab driver. Like I said before, words have power. And your focus determines your reality. In a lot of languages, male attributes describe positive things, while female ones are often negative from the Spanish machismo to the German herrlich, literally translate to manly or gentlemanly but means wonderful or gorgeous, in stark contrast to dämlich, literally ladylike, but actually stupid or moronic. And then there is obviously hysteria, the word derived from the ancient Greek word for uterus, 
which in the 19th century was considered a diagnosable physical illness in women, and only in women. You know, like men would never behave erratically or overreact disproportionately. Kathleen Kennedy ruined Star Wars. Raise a Mary Sue. Rose Tico is stupid. Holdo sucks. Patty Jenkins. Check yourself. If you don't like what you're hearing, this is not going to go the way you think. I recently started meditating at a new dojo, and I was coming in with my own preconceptions. I was surprised by how the abbot there talked to the others and how shallow and sometimes even petty the things he brought up in his talks were. I did not agree. But that doesn't matter. He doesn't owe me anything. And whatever he says isn't meant for me directly. I actually have to thank him for challenging my mindset about what Zen means and my pride for not speaking up hastily like, um, actually... There are thousands over thousands of books about Zen telling you that you can't understand Zen from reading a book. The same goes for the Force. It has to be experienced. There's a lot regurgitated comic book lore on the internet, some of which is nothing but a copy of a copy, but if you want to understand it, you have to go to its core and ask yourself where it comes from. What are the origins? There's nothing to find on YouTube. Well, if droids could think, there'd be none of us here, would there? It's like Yoda saying that the library contained nothing that the girl Ray did not already possess. Unless you want to take that literally, then it was a little choke by Yoda, which is also something Zen masters like to do to challenge you. There's this story about monks asking, what is Buddha nature? Expecting an explanation, and the Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha that is, because there are many other Buddhas, and the best way to simplify it for a Star Wars context is someone who learned to become one with the Force, and that's potentially an option for everyone, dedicated enough, um, held up a flower, leaving everyone confused. Everyone but one monk who got it and achieved enlightenment at the very moment. Every attempt to describe what led him to that is bound to fail. It's like trying to explain the mechanics that led you to falling in love. Okay, there's a boring chemical reaction, but would reading a scientific explanation let you feel it and share the experience? So always be mindful of the living force. There's only the now. The past is long gone. It doesn't matter if it was five minutes ago or five years. You cannot go back and change things. You also can change things in the future. Always in motion is the future. You can lay the foundations in the now and choose your path. But once again, don't cling to your version of events. If you want to support me or this podcast, don't send money. I don't have a Patreon. Find a charity of your choosing and donate. And do yourself a favor and switch off your phone, disconnect, and just sit in silence for a few minutes. Close your eyes and... Breathe. Just breathe.